I'm John Poland of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching Rugby Wrap Up. Next on Rugby Wrap Up, Major League Rugby with Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Matt McCartney. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by the Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, the Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. And we are back. Matt McCarthy in Manhattan. Dan Power on a golf course in Colorado. Brian Ray paying homage to the Utah Warriors in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Guys, we just had a great guest at John Poland, the uh, spark plug of the New, New England Free Jacks at number nine. He was uh, instrumental in their annihilation of the Houston Sabercats in Houston. Brian, Nola versus New York. New York had like 15 plus unforced errors and those uh, quick pick six touchdown passes, if you will, in the football analogy. If you eliminate those and even half the unforced errors, they might beat Nolik by 10 points, but they didn't. I think they got their tactics all wrong uh, and they got it wrong right from the get go. They went spin to win as soon as the whistle blew. Uh, and when that's that's nice and all, uh, you know, when you've got them on the retreat, but when you've got tight forwards throwing mispasses uh, to each other in the back line against a winger, you know, that's not the kind of thing that you're going to come out on top with. And we saw that uh, pretty quickly. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't like to stir the pot too much. Lie. Uh, ben Foden made a few comments, uh, you know, kind of to that um, you know, saying, hey, we've got to earn the right to go wide. And he made those comments and they kind of posted him in a video online, which has magically disappeared since. Uh, and I, I totally agree with them. They everything they were they were running everything from inside the 22. They were just throwing the ball willy nilly left and right. Look, I, I get they want to play open attack and rugby, keep the ball alive. But they just gave the game away to Nola. That's not New York. I think that'll be better for the hit out. I think we've seen the preseason you know, difficulties rear their head. They look great. Everyone was up for week one. The grind of the season starts week two. Um, and a little, a few little things in their game there, I'm sure that they'll work on this week and come back better for. New York will be better than what we saw on Saturday. Nola, to steal words from the great late Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were, right? They're going to be one of the powers in the East. And I think they're probably going to be one of the, uh, the sides who will be in the mix come August. Yeah, it was a sloppy game on both sides. And really, when I, I think Nola had at least three yellow cards, if I'm not mistaken, in that match. Every time it seemed that they were going to just step on New York's throat, they didn't. Kind of let them back in before finally pulling away at the end. That rematch should be an interesting one. Dan, 32 zip. We saw LA do to Seattle, and, and New England actually played LA really hard in that game out there, even with the red card. Yeah, I think that second half down there was probably more of the free jacks we hope to see in 2021. First half was tough, 5 nothing into the break. Houston probably gave up a lot of opportunities in that first 40 minutes, but in the second half, is that the, the style of free jacks we can expect moving forward? And Brian, when was the last time we saw Sam Windsor, Dan's man crush, miss two kicks out of the gate, ever? Yeah, I'd have to go back through the annals of uh, MLR history to check that one. Uh, yeah, dis disappointing for sure. I'm sure he's not feeling that great to this week. I thought, uh, you know, John's fair, though, that uh, Houston, I don't think the goose egg really was reflective of Houston's effort in that game. They came close a few times. They just couldn't finish at all. Uh, but yeah, I think you also have to credit, uh, you know, the Free Jacks defense. 
Um, Mr. Johnston, their, their number seven, had two enormous uh, turnovers right within the five-meter line, which is uh, pretty impressive in that first half. Old Glory going into Atlanta, AT, the ATL, the Rattlers, 30-23. to 23. Nice win for, for the Old Glory DC boys, Brian. Yeah, I thought the first half went pretty much the way I expected the whole game to go. Um, but then we saw that dramatic tactical change at halftime. Uh, they put Danny Tusatala, who, you know, he was doing reasonably well at 10, but let's be honest, he's a 9. Went back to 9, brought in Mike DeBoulis, and it changed, you know, the whole outlook for them. And, um, you know, they started moving quicker, uh, you know, and they brought Stan South, the big uh, English lock in. He did all right until he got yellow carded. Uh, welcome to the league. Um, but that's a, a, a really good performance, actually, I, I think, from, from Old Glory, um, you know, and a little bit, if I'm ATL, I'm a little bit disappointed in letting that get that one get away because, you know, they had some advantages and, uh, and they just didn't take advantage of those opportunities that, that came to them. Yeah, Dan, your fellow Daniel or Danny Joseph Karifi Tusitala, actually, from the Kelston Boys High School he can he can do a, he can play scrum half he can play fly half he can play the wing he can do some plumbing he knows his way around a circuit box he's arguably the, the league MVP at this point uh he's got to be up there hasn't he he's definitely in the conversation um I I'm going to just echo Brian's sentiments there one thing that came out of that game for me is it put a magnifying glass on how important a fly half is in this league Kurt Coleman out for the year for Atlanta they lost their direction a little bit in the second half not having the experience 10 to guide them around Petzer and then Skolfake trying to figure out who they are in that position and then how good was it to see Danny go back to nine uh Dabulis, uh the Penn State grad you know, one to keep an eye. I know they're pretty high on him at Old Glory, Matt. They've got a pretty high regard for him as a future player. So sitting behind Jason Robinson, now he gets a shot here for, what, the next three weeks, you would think? You'd think they'll probably start him this week after that second half. So uh, I, I, I didn't think they would play as well as they did missing Robinson. So I was very happily surprised to see Old Glory play that way. On, and a great uh, gutsy coaching move by Andrew Douglas early on in the season in games that you need to win, Right. So in an in, interconference yeah. game, uh, Utah, Brian played Toronto. <laughs> Maple Leaf fans will appreciate the fact that you can't play defense like the Stastny brothers, Quebec Nordiques, and expect to win a game, especially when that's not your style. But we did not ever see this happen. Yeah, that's a fair thing to say. Um, I would not have predicted and certainly did not predict that uh, the arrows would be 0-2 uh, based on what they had lined up look they just look flat they they you know i don't know if the, ex the excuse is rust or or what it is you know if it's still jet lag i don't know what it is but they, they've just looked really flat both games they they had nothing in the first half for utah at all they kind of came back a little bit in that second half manuel montero came off the bench and was raging to get into the game um but you know they're just not on uh they're not all Together, disjointed has been a word used. I, I have to agree with that. But I think we also have to give credit to Utah. You know, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it. A bit of a surprise team, maybe. I think I probably underestimated them heading into the season. They're playing really well at the moment. Uh, they look good. Uh, and, you know, before they've had the problems with, with getting through a game without fading. Well, we've seen now two 80-minute performances out of them. Uh, I have to give them some credit. So I am repping them this week. Uh, well played, Utah. And, uh We'll get him next time, Toronto. Dan, you know, another Dan comes up on uh, 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 impact on, on the arrows, perhaps Dan Moore not being there. 
Good point. I was going to actually say it's the triple M's that are missing in Malcolm Moore and McKenzie. And you just wonder, Brian kind of mentioned flat. It's usually when a team's flat, you look to those experienced players to give you a little bit of spark or push. That's where that Sam Malcolm, that inspirational run where he takes it to the teeth of the defense, gets smashed by Simon Manoa, but gets up and goes again. It lifts your team. Dan Moore, you know, such an experienced guy. And I think the younger Canadian players looked at him and, for, and just felt a little bit more confident. And Jamie McKenzie is probably one of my favorite nines in the comp, one of my favorite people in the competition. I think once he can get healthy and get back in, it makes a big difference. If there's any consolation though, Brian, at least the best try of the match came from a Canadian who just happened to play for the Warriors. So how about that one from Hurst? What a try. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, those, those arrow wounds are deep for Brian Ray, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to give credit, though. I've got to give credit to Sean Pittman and the Warriors. Made some adjustments on the fly in that game. Sean Pittman did his apprenticeship. John Mitchell, you know, Gary Gold, he's, he's learned from really good coaches. I think he could be uh, looking at maybe being a coach of the future for the national team. Just from what I've heard from Warriors players and pundits around the, uh, the traps, what he's done with that side has been very, very impressive. So, uh, you know what? Go Warriors. Yeah. They're no longer, again, I'm going to say it, they, I've said it a number of times, but they're no longer a 60-minute team, right? And that's, no. that's, that's a big difference in culture, right? Go Warriors. They're beating the Go Warriors. Know, say it, Brian. Go Warriors. Go Warriors. There we go. Brian, could you look at the camera and say that again, please? <laughs> All right, next up, uh, remember the Alamo is what the people of Austin, Texas are thinking right now. San Diego walked into what it looked like was going to be a pretty easy win maybe for the, for the Gilgronies at home because you had a wounded, um, mentally beaten down San Diego Legion team, but don't count out the heart of a champion or a would-be champion. And Joe Peterson proving it, why he is the guy that gets all the accolades, right, Dan? Yeah, 100%. I don't get the Alamo thing. Like, I get the, the courage and Texas, stuff, but they, they, like, they, they lost, though. Like, there's been so many great victories in American history where you didn't lose. Like, that's, no, well, they lost, man. and you're in Alamo country. True. That's true. You've got me on that one. Uh, I think Austin will look back at this as a game that 100% got away. The amount of times they were in the 22, pressing the line, we're, I know I don't want to I don't want to poke the bear down below me here with the scrum thing, but if the laws are the old laws, they turn the screws. Uh, mm-hmm. Whopper and Patty Ryan really were dominant up front there against San Diego. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Even at the end, you know, a chance to win it at the death, and they could not get over the line. So some work down there for Big Sammy Harris and Mark Gerard on just executing. Piffoletti offered something off the bench. He looked like he had a little extra step after not starting this week. Maybe it was a message to him. I don't know, but he looked good when he came off the bench. Yeah. I actually expected San Diego to win this, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I feel that the, the best team did not win this game. Uh, Austin were all over this. And like Dan said, they squandered some, uh, some, some opportunities there, you know, missed pass when they had an overlap. Uh, I don't know what in heck they were thinking on that line out at the end, trying to go to the back or middle and, 
big overthrow and then San Diego runs back and they get to score at the other end. Uh, you know, these are just inexperienced. I, I, actually, I can't call it inexperienced. There are some experienced guys out there and they just uh, didn't make the right decisions. Uh, you know, you also feel for them. I think there's three big decisions that didn't go their way in that game that, you know, are frustrating. Uh, kind of already talked about the scrum, which I think is a disgraceful situation, but there it is. You kind of have to deal with it and they're going to have to adjust uh, based on where it's at. And that heartbreak of an ending for them up a man and still not being able to punch it in while fans remember what those people are. were chanting, go AGs, AGs, AGs. It was, it was good to hear that. And it was, a, it was great to have that 16th man, but they, they lost another one that they probably should have won. Do you go for the tie? Yeah, I don't know. I had that conversation with um, a few people at the time. And it's funny, my gut instinct said, boom, let's scrum. You're doing so well. I think it was pretty close. I said, just pack a scrum. Get Frank Halai on a little outline there and just give him the ball early and say, go to work, big Frank the tank. But uh, they went to the line out and the rest is history. Next one up, the LA Giltinis taking it to the Seattle Seawolves. Yeah, how about that? Seawolves fans have just enjoyed two great years. Uh, Game of Thrones reference, like a child of the summer. You've never known winter. Winter is coming. And it came in the shape of LA, which never experiences winter. There's the irony. But LA are playing chess while the rest of the league are playing checkers right now. I mean, they are so far ahead. Um, it's incredible. To you mean on the salary watch. cap? or And uh, moving right along, Matthew. <laughs> Why? Because they're Australian? You no. listen, we cheat at cricket. We're going to bowl an underarm. We haven't believed it. And that's a disappointing yep. finish. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, you've got me there. Yeah, definitely not a bad uh, history of cheating in Australian sports. So, but uh, we've never cheated while being part of a team in America, though. There you go. So, yeah. we're good, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, 50 to 7 at one point, what do you say? It was just one-way traffic. Like, I, I think L.A. are beatable. I don't think they're perfect. They're obviously ahead of everybody at the moment. But uh, I, I think it's a long season. Some of these guys are a little bit up close to my age, which isn't a great place to be uh, on a rugby field anyways. So, you know, they're going to have some bumps and bruises along the way. We already saw DTH sitting out this one. Imagine if he was playing what the score might have been. Um, so... Uh, I, you know, I, I'm still not sold that they're going to walk their way through this to the title, but gee, they look good right now in Seattle. Uh, I, I don't know where to, uh, to offer help, but uh, they need some. Uh, I, I will say this, James Malcolm coming off the bench on debut uh, second half within a few minutes has a hat trick. I think that's a major acquisition for them. You know, the old hooker off the bench for the hat trick trick, but if they play him for, for 80 minutes, he's got nine tries and that basically <laughs> evens things out. Right? That's the way it works, right? Rugby Math 101, baby. You know Rugby it. Math 101. All right, I think that's it. Let's take a quick break and come back with our quick previews of the matches ahead in Major League Rugby with Dan Power and Brian Ray. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a 
A naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. McCarthy, Dan Power, Brian Ray. Brian Ray has not been out of the igloo as we were discussing off camera, and he's a little bit angst-ridden because of his arrows uh, failing to, to connect on their targets. But will they connect on the this week, Brian? They're going into, what, Washington to face Old Glory at home. What do you say about this one? Yeah, uh, I think I underestimated Old Glory last week against ATL, so I'm a little wary about this one, but this is frankly a must-win game for the Arrows. They're heading into uh, where they're going to play L.A. the following week, so uh, they better sort out their problems. I'm going with the Arrows in this one. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be close, but I think uh, Montero, I am guaranteeing, will start this one from the get-go. I think Tukule will feel a little bit better now that he's been out of quarantine, so I'm going to go with the Arrows. I, I cannot see a world where the Arrows are 0-3. I mean, no offence to Old Glory. They've played great. They're 1-0-1, you know, and they looked good, but just can't see it happening. I, I just They're too good. There's still too many talented players, even with the players we talked about earlier. I'll, I'll go the Arrows. The Arrows have to be desperate, but, you know, keep you know, hate to make excuses, and they're organizationally or organizationally, they're not making those excuses, Brian. Uh, but COVID going to a different country, it's, it sucks. It just hey, sucks. And these guys are on the road out of the gate. They're going to have a home game in Austin. Yeah. I mean, but that was the big question heading into this season. How are they going to handle this? They knew what they were heading into and, and what was on the table for them. And so you can't make excuses at this point because there it is. So deal with it. And uh, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. So just hope they get the victory. I got to go with old glory in this one. They, they're, they're putting things together. And, and they did that last week without Robertson, right? So a uh, San Diego going into rugby ATL. Is this a must win for Atlanta, Dan? They've been close, haven't they? So I, I don't feel like ATL have been playing bad and uh, not, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm really kicking Brian while he's down here. I got a little, little John Poland in me kicking someone when they're on the ground. Sorry, JP. Last time, I promise. Uh, but it was reversed, so he didn't. Hello. Sorry. Allegedly, uh, Toronto just didn't look good against Utah. Where ATL have looked a lot better. They've, they've looked more promising. So, San Diego get that win. That's a, it's in Atlanta, right? That's yep. that's a, that's a heck of a flight from San Diego. I'll go Atlanta at home. Yeah, this is a, a tough one. I think uh, ATL's defense has been pretty good. I don't think their offense has been super hot. You know, when Johan Momsen, their lock, is their number one kind of ball carrier at the moment, that's a little bit of a worry. Um, San Diego, not really firing in all cylinders either. Uh, getting a few more bodies back, though. Um, I think they'll have the bit between the teeth a little bit more this week. Um, so I'm going to go with San Diego because I think they got a little bit more firepower and we saw against Austin, they can kind of pull it out when they need to at the end. But I, I think that San Diego is showing that grit and gutting out these games right now. And they played sloppy, sloppy rugby in Vegas against New York, but that was a gritty win. 
they stole a win in Austin, and I think they're going to steal a win in Atlanta. Then we've got the Texas two-step derby. Yeah, tough game, right? Uh, 0-2 at Austin, 1-1 one one in Houston. You, you don't want to be on the, uh, the team that loses this game. You know, it's going to be a, a pretty dark place to be in. Um, Austin at home, I thought uh, – I agree with Brian. They were the better team against San Diego. Just couldn't execute. I think Sam Harris, Mark Gerard get them this week, iron those things out. I think they'll uh, go a long way to retaining that Texas Cup with a win over Houston. Yeah, I'm going to go with Austin this one as well. Houston just uh, really, really, um, yeah, did not look great, obviously, against New England. Austin are just kind of almost there, you know. They maybe could have beaten uh, Utah in the first one. They probably should have beaten San Diego in the second. So even though, uh, you know, they'll probably be without uh, Bryce Campbell, but uh, I still think they'll, they'll bring in Big Frank and, and, and he'll be okay in the midfield. So I'm going to go with Austin in this one. Yeah, we're certainly rooting for Bryce Campbell. Early reports are that he is okay, and uh, he is a key component of that back line. And I was, I was wondering how much of an impact that happened or how much of an impact that made on his teammates seeing him being taken off the field. But again, they were right at the end. They, they had every opportunity to win that match and just didn't get it done. I think they do get it done this week. I think the Gilgronis are going to win. Dan gets his Lamborghini. Everybody rides off into the sunset in Austin. And then the Sabercats have some, some real questions to answer. But I think the Sabercats aren't as bad off as we may think. So I think they'll probably get things straightened out as we go on. Because every team right now has issues, right, guys? I mean, every team has their, oh, but he's not here or he's hurt or this or that and rust and everything else. So that just sets the stage for a pretty exciting middle run of this season. Hey guys, we had John Poland on earlier, and his team is welcoming in the Warriors, who are no trip to Paris, Dan. Yeah, the Warriors of old, right? Super inconsistent. They go out and look like the best team in the league one week, and then they turn up the next week looking like they should be playing in the under-11 somewhere. So I feel like that's gone. This is their first You are going to get your ass kicked for saying that. Hey. By a bunch of 11-year-olds? Actually, I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Good answer. Circle gets the square. God, this is a hard one to pick, Matt. This really is. I can see the Warriors going out there and, and playing the style of rugby that they've played already and getting a, a pretty convincing win. But the Free Jacks are just a tough, resilient side. We saw that against LA down to 14. They had card issues again against Houston, but turned around the second 40, used that win to their advantage. Really like the looks of Dougie Fife looks to be coming in his own at 15 with Bodine Walker out. So if Walker comes back, good headache for Ryan Martin to have selections. Yeah, both sides have road to victories here, and this will be a really good game. Yeah, both teams uh, did better last week than I thought they did. So I, I think this is going to be a cracker. I think the, uh, a big key for New England is going to be cutting out those cards that we've talked about. They're just giving away too many. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they feel like they're on the kind of the rough end of those calls. You just got to rope in their discipline just a little bit. And if they can get rid of that, then this is going to be a really, really interesting close match. But look. That's the team I'm wearing this week, and that's the team I'm backing. Utah have looked good. They beat my arrows. They have me convinced I'm picking Utah to win on the road and surprise everybody. Wow. You know what? You just, you just jinxed. You just mushed Utah. Uh, and I've got the Free Jack shirt on because they made me look like I was smart with Layfield and the Philly Godfather. But we keep underestimating the, the Warriors. And 
the teams might be doing as well. So I'm going to go with the home team. I think, I think the free Jacks might pull this out, but again, I, I, I'm ready to be completely wrong about you guys on the warriors. And I apologize on behalf of Dan power for saying that you played like 11 year olds. So uh, don't take it out on me, <laughs> take it out on him. Uh, on that note, I want to thank Mr. Dan Power, Mr. Brian Ray, for coming on Rugby Wrap-Up and bringing a little class to this show. And please check out our other segments, including our Major League Rugby show, our Global Rugby Recap, What Are the Odds, our Major League Rugby Sports Bet show with the Philly Godfather, John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE legend, and Gifty Bailu, Martial Law, the Zack Attack. And please sign up for our American Red Cross Rugby Wrap-Up Blood Donor Team.